You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Thursday edition of the podcast. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there wherever you might be listening in from. A lot to get to ahead on today's Locked On Cougars. We continue with our NFL draft profiles of former Cougars. They hope to hear their names called next week in the NFL draft. Talking about the Viking, Chandon Herring. We'll explain that nickname and a little bit more about what we expect from him as a player. We'll also catch up on our 100 seasons of BYU football. Talking about 1925 A new coach takes over the Cougars, and they have their most successful season to date in our countdown. We'll talk about that. And, of course, catch you up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News. And, of course, it's also a Twitter Thursday answering your questions as well. Today's title sponsor on the show is our good friends at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. All right, without further ado, let's dig into it. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 22nd, 2021. What's up, friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Please make sure you guys join us every day. A real simple way to do that is use your smart device, tell it to play podcast Locked On Cougars, and suddenly magic of whatever you want to call it radio it's not necessarily radio but the magic of technology well, I'll be right there with you guys catching you guys up on everything you need to know as a BYU fan and a big thank you once again for your continued support of the podcast getting going here on a Thursday we have been doing these all week long we'll continue to do them in the lead up to the NFL draft next week talking about players who are hoping to hear their names called in next week's NFL draft out there in Cleveland Ohio now we have talked pretty Previously about Chris Wilcox, we talked about Tristan Hodge. Yesterday we talked about Matt Bushman, and now we're going to talk about another offensive lineman, the Viking, as most people call him. He is Chandon Herring, former three-star prospect uh, from Northern Arizona area. What was it, Goodyear or something like that? Maybe it was Snowflake, but nonetheless, Chandon, a mountain of a man, six foot seven, three hundred some odd pounds, and looks like he doesn't carry an ounce of body fat on him. He was named last year to Bruce Feldman's annual freaks list that he puts out of the most freaky athletic players in college football. I was anticipating Chandon testing extremely well at BYU's Pro Day. Didn't necessarily put up the best numbers that I would have expected from him, but still put up solid numbers. I think solidly has put himself into the conversation to be a day three pick. Now, what does Chandon Herring offer a potential NFL franchise who drafts him? Well, I think he has position versatility. We talked about this on Tuesday about Tristan Hodge, where he can play across three different positions on the interior of the offensive line, speaking of both guard spots as well as center. With regards to Chandon Herring, I think he's got the ability to tell a team, I can play four positions. I probably can't play center, even though I've seen him in some of his workout videos showing the ability to snap the football. I think it's something he's just adding to his repertoire to hopefully 
open up his opportunities at the next level. But this is a guy who played both tackle and guard at the collegiate level. Not left tackle. He did play right tackle. But he can tell a team, I can be a swing lineman for you. I know it's a very in vogue term when it comes to NFL rosters. It just means a guy who is a backup traditionally, but if a starter goes down, they're immediately inserted into that game and they become whatever that team needs, whether it's a right guard for a few plays or a left tackle for two or three games, they can do all of that. That's what Shannon Herring has to be able to do when he makes it into the NFL. I'm looking forward to seeing this. Uh, Shandon wears my favorite number. It's the number I wore in high school, number 77. I probably have a tougher time getting the number he wants in the NFL. But I am of the opinion that Shandon Herring is probably a guy who probably gets his late round flyer pick, gets picked up by a team who thinks, man, we could really do something with him. Similar to other BYU prospects, he's an older guy having served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and that will automatically have certain franchises write him off in terms of being a draftable prospect, but would be interesting in picking him up as an undrafted free agent where the I know that seventh round picks and sixth round picks they're in essence undrafted free agent deals but it's just the perception of being drafted versus undrafted there's a whole deal there on both sides whether you're a player or whether you're a franchise so I could see teams deciding you know what if Herring is available as an undrafted free agent we'll pursue him but also I think that a team is going to be enthralled enough with his physical tools to bring him in and allow him to develop whether it's on their practice squad or at the end of their roster. I absolutely think Chandon can be a guy who can have success in the NFL. I know we'll talk about Brady Christensen here in a few days where he obviously is going to be a mid-round pick, very highly thought of. I'm of the opinion that Chandon Herring is going to make whoever picks him up a very happy franchise. I believe in his ability. I believe in his mindset. He's a guy, the first time I met him was all business when I spoke to him for the first time on an interview. In subsequent interviews, I got to know him just a little bit. I don't proclaim to be friends with any of these guys. I'm a media member. They're young men. I, I don't proclaim to be tight with any of them, quote unquote. But speaking with a guy like Chandon over the years during his time at BYU, this is a very... Uh, serious young man I don't mean that in a bad way he just he takes care of business when he's on the field and that's not a bad thing the NFL is a business folks this becomes your job if you're playing in the NFL it's no longer a hobby or something you enjoy doing that's great if you do enjoy doing it there's no doubt about that but this is your job you are drawing a paycheck from this sport and you need to be on top of your game so I look forward to seeing what Chandon Herring does at the next level. I'm of the opinion that he can make an active roster as a rookie. I truly believe that. There is one concern uh, based on the measurements for him is the length of his arms. Uh, Obviously, that's something that's very geeky with regards to offensive linemen, but it's absolutely a concern the NFL teams have. If you have a certain length of an arm, or your arms are a certain length, that's what I'm trying to say, your arms are a certain length, well, guess what? You may be able to be a tackle. If your arms are under that measurement that they have, most teams teams say I think it's 33 and a half inches or some such like that if you're under that you pretty much are stuck playing the interior of the offensive line teams will not allow you to do it with that quote-unquote wingspan being too short for their liking I like Chandon Herring. If he ends up being a guard in the NFL, I think it's a perfect spot for him. I truly believe, despite being six foot seven, he's got all the ability. He showed that multiple times during his career at BYU, being versatile, being able to come in and play in whatever system 
He was asked to play in. So I am of the opinion that Chandon Herring is going to have a successful NFL career if everything works out according to plan. And I do believe he is worth taking a pick on day three from an NFL franchise and developing him because I think he can become a rotation guy, potential low-end starter in the NFL. I'm that high on his ability. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll stick with the BYU football theme. It's been very similar all week long, talking about the NFL draft, but also talking about a 100 seasons of BYU football, counting them down all the way from 1896 to 2020 well today we're going to take a look at 1925 a new coach takes over at BYU we'll examine what Chick Hart was able to do with the Cougars in 1925 in just a few moments today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at rockauto.com guys I've told you about this I had to replace my blinker on the front left um, whatever the front side of my car Great experience. Went to rockauto.com, searched out my vehicle, found the exact part, paid a great price. It shipped it to me, got it fixed. It was a clean, simple, and very easy process. I want to encourage you guys to go to rockauto.com. It's a family-owned business. It's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers for whatever type of car you got. Truck, SUV, uh, daily driver you got a classic they've got it all for you guys the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and even the prices that you prefer best of all the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and a guy like me who's a try it yourselfer i don't proclaim to be a do-it-yourselfer i am a try it yourselfer give them a shot guys why spend up to twice as much for the same parts at a chain store or in a dealership go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck please write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that way they know that we sent you guys amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car truck or suv will ever need check them out now at rockauto.com all right, everybody, this year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. You heard that right. Get insight and analysis from Locked On's local experts like yours truly and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch the live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft from April 29th through May 1st. I am looking forward to this. We've been doing these player countdowns, getting you guys ready for the potential prospects who could be picked up in the NFL, but this is going to be awesome. A live stream with all of the insight, and I I believe I will be on to talk about guys like Brady Christensen and Zach Wilson. That's just my personal opinion. I don't know that for sure, but I'm currently anticipating doing that. All right. Catching you guys up on our 1925 BYU football program as part of the 100 seasons of BYU football. This has been a fun project. I I cannot tell you guys enough how much I'm enjoying this. And the funny thing is the more I dig into these seasons, I am finding more and more resources to bring you guys more and more information about these programs. Funny enough, on online. It was kind of a struggle early on, but as you continue to dig and dig on Google and search out things and click links here and click links there, you find things that work out for you. I found a fantastic resource on BYU's uh, library website, funny enough, that goes back through all of the seasons, all the series of BYU and Utah in their football history. But also, it also includes the Banyans from the early years of BYU football, which are pretty much the only resource we have on game-by-game recaps for all these teams. Had I had this earlier this week, I'd be able to talk a little bit more about the 1922, 23, and 24 teams and more in depth about their individual games. But I'm glad I found this resource. I think it's going to be an absolute uh, just 
heaven sent resource for us as we do this project. But today we're talking about 1925. And 1925 was an interesting year for BYU because they have a new head coach that takes over, but it wasn't necessarily a head coach in name only. What I mean by this is Eugene L. Roberts, who was the athletic director, also the head of the PE department at BYU. He was BYU's head coach for a number of years in various capacities coach multiple other teams but this past year so speaking of 1925 past year sounds weird even though i'm transporting us back there but in 1924 at the end of that school year alvin twitchell resigned his position as we talked about yesterday over money he wanted more money and the university was not willing to pay it to him and he decided you know what i'm gonna go coach at colorado college and uh it sounds like by all accounts if you read the historical record had a fairly decent run there at colorado college but ended up uh leaving byu over money well, the Cougars, in turn, turned to a 29-year-old head coach as their second head coach in program history, Charles J. Hart, uh, better known as either CJ or Chick Hart. And I'll tell you this much, Charles will talk about only had a short run as BYU's head coach overall, but was a fixture at Brigham Young University in their PE department for decades. And we'll talk more about that as we progress through this. But in 1925, CJ Hart or Chick Hart took over a program and they had their best season to date. This was a due in part to their team captain, future BYU head coach himself, Eddie Kimball. Yes, Eddie Kimball. Some of you may remember that name from the mid-century of BYU football. Well, Eddie Kimball was BYU's captain this year as a senior and really powered BYU to a fantastic season. This is a very strong senior class for the Cougars that that really got them going. So they opened up their season October 10th at Colorado Agricultural, which is now known as Colorado State lost that game 21 to nothing. So you never want to go out and get trounced in your first game, but that's what they did. They came home a week later, though, and hosted Colorado College in Provo and won a slugfest 7-6. The next two games were their annual rivalry games against their in-state foes, Utah Agricultural or Utah State, which they lost 14 to nothing in Logan. Then Utah came in and continued their ways of just absolutely killing BYU, beating them in Provo 27 to nothing. Now, BYU sitting at one and three had a choice obviously to make where they're going to just kind of play out the string or were they going to battle back and battle back is, is exactly what they did. They went out and beat Western State who had become BYU's essential whipping boy during this early period of BYU football. Seemingly the one team BYU could count on. We're going to get a win there every single year. Well they absolutely smoked Western State 39 to 7 and then finished up the season at home on November 21st against Montana State who was an improving program speaking of the Bobcats but BYU picked up a senior day win 17 to 6 to finish their season 3 and 3. That is their best season on record to this point through our 100 seasons of uh, BYU football countdown put them in the middle of the table when it came to the Rocky Mountain Conference football standings. CSU, speaking of Colorado State or Colorado Agricultural that season, was 9-1 overall, 8-0 in the conference to win it. BYU lost also to Utah State and Utah. They finished second and third, respectively, in the standings. BYU finished in seventh place, in the, excuse me, sixth place in the standings. Colorado and Wyoming just in front of them in the standings, but the best showing to date for BYU. Now, an interesting part about 1925 here, and I'm trying to bring you guys some interesting tidbits about these seasons to, as we kind of break through them. I think many of you have had some people express that they're not really interested in this until we probably get to the 1970s when Lavelle Edwards takes over. Well, I will see you later this summer. If you want to download the show, listen to the first part and the C block to get you guys' news, what you need to know, and skip this block, 
I completely get it. But a fun part about this, 1925, do you guys know where BYU played their football games originally? Some of you may know this, but if you know where the Joseph Smith Building, which is now where most of the religion classes at BYU are housed, most of the religion department is housed there. It's on the south end of campus, has a great view if you're outside the JSB, looking south of BYU's campus, down onto the lower part of Provo. Well, that's where the original football field for BYU was at. During this period, BYU BYU was making plans, though, for their next stadium, which is currently where the RB, the Richards Building, where a bunch of the PE classes and whatnot currently stands. That stadium was built, I believe, was opened in 1928. We'll talk about that here in a few podcasts. But it was interesting to learn that the Joseph Smith Building, where it stands now, was originally the field that BYU played on. I found a treasure trove of BYU football photos from the early days. I think it tracked any anywhere from 1922 to the early 1930s. There is a picture of BYU practicing on this field. Uh, speaking of, I think they called it the Temple Hill uh, field or whatever they wanted to term it at that point. Well, funny enough, you can look at some of these pictures and there are barns on the field or just adjacent to the field. There's a horse in one picture that seems to be standing right on the sideline. Really, really funny about all of that, but kind of cool to see them play there at uh, Temple Hill field is what I'm going to call it, but it's where the JSB, the Joseph Smith building now stands. Now, the other thing I want to talk about today about the 1925 team is according to the record that's when BYU originally introduced live Cougars yes a live mascot to BYU uh, Eugene L. Roberts who was the athletic director we talked about this previously quote looked upon the Cougar as being a thoroughly western and even Utah product noted for its liveness its charm of movement and its wisdom and power well a press release in 1925 said Cougars have been caught in the Kaibab Forest in Arizona a BYU connection to Roberts sent two of those kittens that were quote unquote lively and ferocious to Provo to be the Cougars live mascots. Cleo and Tarbo came to BYU's campus just a little while later in 1925 and started making appearances at basketball games as well as football contests. They were housed in cages in the heating plant for the upper campus. They escaped one day and people were heard yelling, the Cougars are out, according to an article in the El Tom Perry Special Collections, uh, BYU 75 years ago. Eventually, Cleo and Tarbo were donated to the Salt Lake City Zoo once they were fully grown and BYU did not elect to have new Cougars, new live mascots brought in to replace them. So there you go. That's the history of BYU's short run with live mascots. But nonetheless, Cleo and Tarbo, the original two mascots for BYU, the Cougars, as Eugene L. Roberts wanted apparently to have um, cats being on the sideline at live time. I know that Teams like LSU have Mike the Tiger to this modern day. There's Bevo, the Longhorn down there uh, at Texas. There's, what's the dog? Um, is it uh, Ugga? Yes, Ugga, duh. Ugga, whatever number he is down there at Georgia. Uh, I just think BYU Cougars, eh, it's just like it's a pretty ferocious cat. So why not? They, they were three to four months old when they came to BYU, speaking of Cleo and Tarbo. And like they said, they were passed along to the Salt Lake City Zoo when they were fully grown. But Still fun to look back on some of these great moments in BYU history and some notable moments along the way. Tomorrow, we'll talk about 1926. Chick Hart continues on with his run as BYU's head coach. Three and three is to start as a head coach. You think better days are ahead, but a very, very strong senior class graduates. 
And we'll talk about what happened in 1926 as they rebuilt or reloaded a little bit, speaking of the Cougars, on tomorrow's podcast. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll catch you guys up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan here on a Thursday. Plenty to get to, and we'll touch on all of that in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag, folks. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL action all ongoing. NFL futures are out there if you want to bet on those. They even cover award shows, TV shows, and reality TV if you have prop bets in that realm you'd like to bet on. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine are available at betonline.ag. They get you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best place to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to their website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up now and receive a 50% welcome bonus courtesy of our friends at BetOnline when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, making your first deposit. You heard that right. 50% added on to whatever you deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Take advantage of it now. Get in with BetOnline as they are your online sportsbook experts. Folks, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey.com is rolling on. We are making our way through the first round of picks. If you guys want to listen to this, make sure you join it every single day. It features analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team are making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Search out the Ultimate Mock Draft on the new Odyssey app or wherever you guys get your podcasts. Odyssey is your new home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you that's a-u-d-a-c-y odyssey all right catching you guys up on everything else in byu news before we go here on a thursday let's start off with the women's volleyball program just completed a very successful season made it to the second round of the ncaa tournaments before losing to number one overall seed wisconsin well three players kennedy eschenberg taylin ballard nixon and whitney bauer were all awarded avca all-american recognition yesterday eschenberg was a third team honoree bauer and ballard nixon were named honorable mention i thought bauer absolutely should have been higher than this is my personal opinion she's a sophomore but has just been absolutely phenomenal in her short time at BYU but really cool to see Kennedy Eschenberg as well as Ballard Nixon go out on top both of them fantastic players have been really rotational pieces until this past year before breaking out I guess Eschenberg a little bigger role as a junior but nonetheless as seniors to see them get all-american recognition congratulations to them well-deserved honors all the way around on the men's volleyball side of things congratulations the men's volleyball senior opposite hitter Gabby Garcia Fernandez. He was named the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Player of the Year for the second consecutive season. Five other Cougars earned all-conference honors. Garcia Fernandez is one of three Cougars named to the all-MPSF first team, joining senior setter Will Stanley and as well as junior outside hitter Davide Gardini. Senior middle blocker Filippo De Brito, Felipe DeBrito Ferreira. I struggle with these names half the time, as you guys well know. And senior outside hitter Zach Eschenberg, who happened to be married to BYU Women's Volleyball All-American Kennedy Eschenberg. They were named to the All-MPSF second team. And then finally, senior middle blocker Mickey Jehanian was named All-MPSF Honorable Mention. Uh, Fun fact about what Gabby Garcia Fernandez accomplished there. He is the fifth player all-time to earn back-to-back MPSF Player of the Year honors. He's a four-time All-MPSF first-team selection. He is truly one of the all-time greats to come through the BYU men's volleyball program, and we're talking about multiple Olympians have played for BYU men's volleyball. Garcia Fernandez is just the latest in a long line of what you'd consider GOAT 
candidates for BYU volleyball. Really, really cool to see Garcia Fernandez get that opportunity. The BYU men's volleyball program will start up their MPSF tournament plays the number one seed on Friday. Of course, they'll face the lowest remaining seed after the play-in or first-round matchups are all completed. They're hosting the tournament at the Smith Fieldhouse. Get all the information you need about it at the MPSF Tournament Central page. There's a link of it on BYUCougars.com if you want to check it out there. And then one final note is a really fun game yesterday. Back-to-back home runs by Hunter Hunter Ava as well as Martha Epinesa in the bottom of the seventh inning resulted in a 7-6 walk-off win for the BYU softball program who are now 24-13, 3-0 in West Coast Conference play. They downed in-state rival Utah who had tied the game up on a grand slam in the top of the seventh. The Cougars then sent Hunter Ava to the plate. She took advantage of the opportunity, tied the game with the blast over the center field wall, and then Martha Epinesa followed that up with a homer of her own for the walk-off out to left center. Really, really cool. You guys can go see the highlights on Twitter. You just search out BYU Softball, and you can see the highlights of it. It was a really, really cool win for the women's softball program. I didn't have many questions this week, but one did come in, and it was actually based on a conversation I had with him yesterday. And We talked about Rich recently, Rich Hart, and he is a good friend. He's become a really close friend over the past month or so, and he asked me a question of what I've been doing to lose weight, and well, and Rich, you you well know, but we're going to talk about this for a minute. Over the past month or so, I've been working with Rich Hart over at Elevate Gym as well as Insulin IQ at in Orem. Folks, if you are trying to lose weight, you're trying to get into just a healthier diet, just a healthier way of life, I want you guys to check out with what Rich and his partners are doing with Elevate Gym as well as Insulin IQ. You can go to InsulinIQ.com and learn a lot about the system. I've been doing this for just over a month, folks, and I'm not being paid for this. Let's be clear about this. This is not a paid advertisement. Maybe Rich at some point decides he wants to advertise with me, but I've been working with him for a month now, and my results have been so significant. It's been absolutely incredible. Guys, like I said, if you're trying to get into a healthier I guess mindset, just a healthier state of your life overall. Insulin IQ and Elevate Gym can help do that. I, I can attest to it. I'm seeing it transform myself. Like I said, I'm a month into this, folks. I have lost a significant amount of weight. I'm feeling better. My energy levels are up. It's absolutely incredible. What Rich told me the first time I met with him, and I'm I'm a media member. I'm I'm a skeptic. That's that's why I'm trained to be in this profession. What he told me was going to happen, all of it has happened to this point. I am super excited for the future here. I am healthier. I'm feeling better. I'm doing a lot better. So, folks, check out Elevate Gym, but you can go online and check out Insulin IQ and learn a little bit more about what Rich and his partners are doing. It's absolutely incredible. On on, on Twitter Thursday, when it's the only question that came to me, we're going to talk about it. Like I said, not being paid for this. This is a completely free advertisement. And a big thank you to Rich and his team over at Elevate Gym and Insulin IQ for helping me out. And if you guys need some help yourselves, reach out, go to Insulin IQ and learn more about it. All right. Now that we're done with that, let's say goodbye for a Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow with a Friday edition of the show. Another player profile in the lead up to the NFL draft talking about the 1926 BYU football program and of course we'll get you ready for the weekend ahead in BYU sports so plenty to get to and a big thank you for your continued support of the podcast as always please follow us on social media Facebook Instagram or Twitter search out Locked On Cougars you can find my work at Jacob C. Hatch love hearing from you guys getting your insights your opinions whatever it might be answering your questions 
all of it. Love hearing from you guys. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 22nd, 2021. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow.